Hey guys, this is Brian Covey, entrepreneur. I help people build and scale their teams and make a ton of money and live a ridiculously successful life. So former pro soccer player turned business leader, father of three, married 20 years. I'm excited to be on the podcast today, Relationships and Revenue with John Hewlin. We're going to bring you some value. Make sure you stay tuned in, take some notes. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. And as you heard from that great introduction, I have the one and only Brian Covey. Brian, how are you? I'm fantastic, man. I'm glad we're getting to jam together and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm excited about it too. As you guys heard, there is a lot to say about Brian. He has done a ton of things in his life. He said he's a former professional soccer player, which of course you guys know is near and dear to my heart because that's one of the things that I got to do in college was I got to help start my college program, which was very cool. I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, he is an entrepreneur. Uh, he's done a lot in the world of finance, mortgages, that sort of thing. Uh, he's got a podcast called Finding Your Competitive Edge. Wrote a book. I'm going to make sure I get the title completely right here, Brian, because it's a little bit of a long one. It's Conversations with Kobe. Powerful, inspirational, and hope-filled lessons from today's biggest leaders. Did I get that right? Dude, that, is, that is it, man. Okay. So now you have two more titles that I think are probably the most important, and you hit on them just a little bit ago, husband and dad. Those are the important ones, man. I said with, without those... Like all the other stuff is, is for not, right? Like I, I meet successful business leaders. And even last week I was with people and it was interesting. We had you know 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds. doesn't matter what your age. We're all pursuing this relationship piece, which I know is in, in the title of your podcast. It's like relationships for me, I mean, it starts with my wife, right? And my faith. And then from that, I've got my kids, man. And that, that is the legacy. That's the, the fruit. I could be the most successful business leader in the world, make all of these money, but if, if my family and life and all that's not right, everybody knows like that, that's to me, that's not fulfillment. And so I've made a very strategic decision and committed to, and I'll make sure that I take care of my home and my family first, and then go out into the world and lead by example. And I think you can do both. Too many times we've been told you've got to be great at one or the other. You've got to sacrifice here versus there. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't succumb to that. Um, I think that's a limiting belief people have. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be great in all areas of your life if you choose to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's something I've heard as well, Brian, is, you know, you, you got to pick a side of your life and that's the one that you invest in because that's the one you'll be great at. Uh, you know, I made a decision years ago when I first went into business for myself that I would be done by three o'clock every day so I could pick up my kids from school. Now, that meant there were at least two, we'll call them billable hours. How's that? At least two billable hours every day. I was not working on purpose. And I did that for my kids. And I don't know that I ever actually told my kids that I did that. And so they don't know, I think, that sacrifice that I made 
but I never really even viewed it that way. It never felt like a sacrifice. It just felt like this is what you're supposed to do. If you say your family's important, you're there. It that it's spelled T-I-M-E, man. It's time. Quality or otherwise, it's just time. That's what they want. That's what they need. They need FaceTime with us. So, oh man, we could talk about that for hours and hours on end. <laughs> That's the good stuff. So help us understand a little bit more about you in depth, more of your backstory. So, I mean, go back as far as you want, but yeah. I'm curious, how does somebody who was a D1 college player turn pro, how does that guy get to where you are today? I say it all starts with uh, my parents both making sacrifices. They both worked. Mm -hmm. And I remember my dad was more of the entrepreneur and he's a psychologist and he was oh. actually working in the prison as a counselor and you know, was a pastor and wasn't really sure of like, where did he want to go? He knew he had these gifts God had given him of helping people. And I always say he was the guiding light for me in the, in the sense mm -hmm. of like that anchor of not only faith, but somebody that just wasn't afraid to pursue like what God had called him to do. Like a lot of people like yeah. And later in life, you don't want to go back and get your master's and your doctorate and start over and all these things. And I watched my dad do that. Right. So for me, that's like, that's the best example you can see is the people around you. And then my mom, absolutely one of the hardest workers in the room, one of the first females that she worked for the city and in insurance. Right. And, and I saw mm. her break ceilings at that point in that time that she was not afraid to go out and be a female leader in an organization and to see how she was able to then come home and be mom and just. Mm. I don't, I don't know how she, if she slept or anything, it was always <laughs> there. And I remember like one of those core beliefs was, you know, that they were always making sure that I was at sports. They were always making sure mm. that we had a ride to go places. And I share all that with you because sports for me and the sacrifices my parents made, I often think back when times get tough, I've not had the perfect life. I've not had everything go my way. I mean, if we talked for long enough, you would see the amount of things that didn't work out like I had hoped. Mm. And it's like, okay, like, where am I going to go? I always anchor that back in, man, the sacrifices my parents made were for me and my family to have a better life than they have. And we even yeah. talk about that today is like, that's what they did. So that's what I want to do and be that example for my kids of I'm going to be successful in areas and make sure they have an opportunity. I can't guarantee it, but they have right. an opportunity to build on in the Kofi family. They can now go to the next level because the torch is going to be passed to my two boys, our daughter. And so that was really my story. And Ironically enough, I ended up staying in Memphis, which is a whole other story, but I thought I was going, this is where I saw God intervene. Of, I thought I was going actually signing at UConn. The coach mm. retires right before I'm going there. The <laughs> coach Ray tells us he's retiring. I'm going, well, hold on. I'm <laughs> going to play for you. You're the one that recruited me. Right. Sure enough, I ended up staying in Memphis, which turned out to be one of the best things. I had family around. I had friends around. Mm. I was able to start as a D1 athlete, played all four years. We set all these cool records my freshman year. I think that was a catalyst for realizing the importance of team, realizing the importance of, you got to live your life. Like other people are going to say, man, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. I made choices. I didn't even realize now. And I look back, those were the right choices for me. And that's what set me up for success today of those anchor points that we all have in our life. I would encourage you to listen to what I'm sharing. Go back and find those in your life. Those will be clues left along the way. Yeah. And really tell you who you are and will really align up your purpose and what you do today. And for me, I get mm -hmm. to lead and scale big teams. I like doing the entrepreneurial side because my creative juices and things, I don't like to sit still. I like to be doing things, right? And so that is, is what's really given me clarity about who do I want to be and where do I want to go? Who are the people I can end? Mm, I love that. Love that. So when I was doing my research for the interview, Ryan, one of the things that I saw over and over again was it was a phrase, mastering a growth mindset. Now, 
all three of those are kind of catch words, but you put them together is kind of a catch phrase. And we see and hear that a lot. So what I want to hear from you is, first of all, what do you mean when you say that? And second of all, how does one even accomplish that? I mean, this is a core um, of, of who I am and really a belief that I think God put us on the earth to always be learning and growing. And when you talk about mastering a growth mindset, I'll be the first to admit, like, I don't think we actually master it here on earth. I don't think anybody gets to a level where even the Tony Robbins would tell you, if you watch him, you probably see his growth and his years that he is mm -hmm. doing different things today than he was 20, 30 years ago. So I don't think there's a mastery, but there is a level that we can look at other people that I just say they're further down the road than we are at that point. Does it, doesn't mm. mean they're better than us, worse than us, any of that. But mastery to me is looking at someone, you could take a college athlete, right? You think about soccer for us. You can watch Messi and go, that guy's mastered a ton about the game. But why does Messi still show up and train? Because if he'd mastered it, that would yes. mean he doesn't need to train. Yeah. We all need to train. And so where I looked at this, and this became kind of a framework of my life is, well, when I got better in my life in sports, because I trained, because I had coaches mm. in my life, because I was around the right competition, I would get promoted to a team. Like when I was doing the national team and I got called up for the pool, like I realized, wow, there's a whole nother level. Mm. These guys are playing at a level I'd not played at, putting yourself in those rooms. So what I would tell everybody, what it means for you that's listening is there are specific things you can do in your life that you can move towards that best version of yourself. And the reality is we're never done, right? That's just something mm. that you're doing. I have really adopted this is the way I think you do this. And, and I don't even think, I know, is you attack the day. You'll hear people talk about whether it's 75 hard or prize fighter day with one of my buddies, Ben Newman, or all these guys will talk about different things. Focus on winning the day. What are the things you were to write down right now? A successful day. What would that look like? Time with your family, maybe time reading your Bible, maybe working out. What would be the things you would eat? Who would be the people you're around? What books would you read? What podcasts would you listen to? What meetings would you have? Where would you be investing your time? When you start to map out and have clarity of what a what we would say is a day that you've won and you attack each day. Don't worry about tomorrow. You can't go back. I learned to start attacking the day relentlessly and get my wins in. And what you find is like weeks, months, years down the road, you're like, man, I'm so much further than I thought I would be. Well, mm -hmm. you've done all of the work. So everyone listening, attacking your day, it sounds simple. This is why I believe mastering a growth mindset is how can I get better each day? Mm. Start stacking those wins, you'll be unstoppable. Oh man. Of course, as you're talking, you know, the, the wheels start turning. I'm surprised there isn't smoke coming out of my ears back here and stuff, but um it started making me think, okay, talking about getting those wins every day. What have you found or what processes, strategies have you found most helpful in order to stack wins? What's what's the best way to stack a win first thing in the day? One is you gotta have clarity of what wins are. Okay. And, and this sounds, and again, I've shared this with so many people lately. And what I've realized is when I have conversations, they don't even know what a win looks like. To your mm. point, when I wake up in the morning, I like to have water. I like to get ready. I like to do my workouts in the morning, usually around 6 a.m. That, that's just for me because I can get there. I can get back and see the kids. Mm -hmm. That's what works for me is early in the day, I've recognized a pattern for Brian, right? This is just me. Yeah. If I wait longer in the day, the likelihood of the working out happening and also the intensity at which I work out later in the day is just not the same. I'm wired probably from college. We had training at six and 7 a.m. So mm. think about for all those years, I would wake up early and train. And so that, that became something for me, even in high school, waking up running at five. But I would write down and think about these core areas, right? We always talk about our faith. And so I would say for somebody like when I open up, I have very specific people that I'll go 
and our church sends out a message at 6 a.m. So that can kind of help me, right? So five mm. minutes even. Okay, cool. I got the word in. Now I'm going to move into my fitness. Okay, I'm going to get my workout in. At some point during the day, I'm going to review my finance. The numbers don't lie. Look, if you want to be somewhere, where are you today? That gap and that distance between point A and point B, you want to be able to close that gap. That's probably going to be the sales calls you need to do that day. That's going to be the things you need to do to drive revenue in your company. That's going to be the things that you know you need to now focus on in the day. And then we don't want to forget about this as our relationships, right? So who are the mm -hmm. people in your life, your kids, your spouse, people that you care about in your family, you start to stack wins like that. At the end of the day, if you're like me, I used to really struggle. I would do all these things. And at the end of the day, John, I would be like, well, did I do enough? I don't know. Until you can clarify and get absolute, just what I would say, clarity of what wins look like, your days are going to feel like, man, did I do enough? Because high achievers are always going to be. Did I do enough? I could, I could do more. I could do more. Mm -hmm. you need to know what it is and be able to shift in throughout the day. And so that's, that's what I would share is how you move through those. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that, how do you know if you won your day? Yeah. You don't. Right. And I, I could see a way that would be helpful is certainly writing those things down Absolutely. so you can go back and look over them again. Uh, here's something that just kind of occurred to me. I don't know why I've never thought to ask this question before, but for someone who's a high achiever, and let's be honest, you are. I, I, I own that. Yeah. How do you know when to turn it off? Oh, that's the, that's the hardest thing. Um, there was a coach of mine that taught me about patterns, right? Pattern recognition. And, and you'll hear the greatest people. Step one is to be able to recognize patterns in your life. When do you experience burnout? What, what takes energy from you in your day? What gives you energy in your day? And so I started to recognize there were people in my life that would suck energy from me. Every time I would mm. talk to them or they would call me, or there were activities. And you know, it's like, why am I doing that? Unless it's something that's required that I have to do, I started to eliminate things in my day. Mm -hmm. Things that would give me energy or people I wanted to be around, like my kids, my spouse, yeah. people that I work with, certain clients. I'm like, man, I just get energy when I talk to that person. Going for a walk. You know, last year I tore my bicep around March, ended up having surgery. Mm -hmm. My wife would say this too, is like, that was the best thing that could have happened for us because I wasn't able to do the, the workouts like normal. We would mm -hmm. walk. For over three months, we just took long walks. Well, mm. Imagine that. No phones, just walking, talking. Oh, yeah. Those are the things you want to find that give you energy as you go through. And for a high achiever, the next level for you, because I know that's what we all think. Mm -hmm. Once you're able to recognize patterns, can you create patterns? And oh. this would look like this in my life. Is in the afternoon, I recognize around two or three o'clock. Typically for me, somewhere around there, I need to get up and walk and get moving. I need to have an apple. I need some type of nutrition to continue to fuel mm. what's there. I'm not going to schedule certain things at that time of the day that are going to require me to be sitting in front, for example, like Zoom calls. I do not want to do those around that time of the day. <laughs> recognize for me, that's a reset moment because I have a couple hours left and then our kids usually have sports that night or they're coming uh -huh. home to hang out. Mm -hmm. so you just want to look for those patterns. And if, if you're getting tired at 12 or one, I would encourage you to look at your nutrition. But if you're getting tired at two or three the same day, same time, how do you, how do you create a new pattern? Well, mm. you add something different, right? Doing the same thing over yeah. and over is insanity. That's right. how we recognize patterns. But more importantly, the next stage for you, if you're listening, is how do you then create patterns? Because that's how you repeat success. Yeah. Oh, man. There's... Folks, I hope that you're pausing and writing stuff down. If not, go back again. Because I know once this is done, I'm going to be listening to this several times to be taking notes. Because it wouldn't be fair to all of you if I was taking notes while I was doing it. Let's jump into your book for just a minute. Now, I'm, I'm curious about a few things. Now, I'm going to ask some of the standard questions like, why write the book? Who is it for? And I certainly want to know 
you know, the answer to those questions. But uh, what I'm really curious about is why did you choose this style of book? Because it's different. Yeah. Well, I'm different. And I realized, <laughs> you know, this is being true to yourself. It's like, man, what am I passionate about? Like, well, what would I want to read as I go through? Mm -hmm. And I was able to experience when I started the podcast over three years ago, I had these really cool guests. And I always thought, you know, well, if, if I'm experiencing these wonderful conversations and not everybody digests a podcast the same, like someone may want to go read a book, right? There's a lot of mm -hmm. people that they want to read. And I'm like, well, how do we reach more people? How do we make more impact? That's where the idea kind of was birthed from. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I want to write a book. And I started going down this path, that path. And then what I realized is it literally one day, I was like, you know, I've had some amazing guests on my show. What if we asked a few of them? And I started to ask them like, could I take what we did on the show? And would you help me? I'll, I'll give you the chapter as we write it, but take the best lessons you learned. And so it'd be a compilation of 11 of the best conversations. And we gave everybody basically a playbook. Like mm. John and Brian had a conversation. Here are the things that John overcame. So you may relate to the story. Number one, because we wanted to make that human connection. Yeah. Number two, like how did you rebound out of suffering or pain or loss or whatever it was? What were the steps? And so you could take a chapter or you could read the whole book. And what we found, it's kind of interesting over time now, is people go back, they're like, man, I needed that chapter in this season of my life. Two years ago, I didn't need, I, it didn't connect. Right now, you know, one of the authors that overcame cancer, for example, and they were going through their story and what's there. You may have someone in your life and you go, oh man, I want to go through that. Like, wh what did they do here? What did Matt do when he went through that? And so we found really by connecting the spirit, well, stories, we were able to connect and then they were open to receive the message and the actual lessons there. And so we will, um, I'll share this with you is we're actually thinking about, we'll do it. Uh, we're going to do another volume of that at the end of this year, because some of the nice. guests we have, like, why would we not do it again? Right. It's yes. just it's making an impact. So that's why we did it. That was the why. And then the mm -hmm. how was pretty simple. I hired some people to help me because <laughs> not my expertise. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, digesting the book and each of the chapters individually. And I already know based upon the style of book that it is that I'm going to tackle a chapter and just kind of sit with it for a while before moving on to the next one. Cause I think that is something that a lot of people they don't do with their books is they get a book and they want to read it. They want to get all of it in as quickly as possible and move on to the next one. What I find, and I don't know if you're like this, Brian, I am a voracious reader. I read all the time. And very few books do I read more than one because I'm I'm a slow reader. I just I am. But I I read in detail. That's just how my mind works. And so once I read it, I pretty much have it. So if I read it again, it's either been extremely impactful or there's something there that I'm not sure I got all of. And I want to make sure that I get it. And I suspect that these very different leaders that you had on your show and the conversations you had with them are so different that that's the kind of approach I'm going to need to take with it. It's like, you know, I'm going to need to sit with this for a while. Just kind of let it percolate inside me and see what comes out. I would. And I tell everybody, it's the same thing. What's really cool is we really put them out there. So if you resonate or connected with someone in that chapter and that you sat there with that, you made notes and had an impact and go find them on social. And that was really our goal is like, what do you do after the chapter? Well, guess what? Go follow them now because they're probably in a different stage of their life. All of them I picked intentionally because they're not only great leaders and great human beings, but they're also teachers. Mm. So they're still teaching things today. But I thought, wouldn't it be cool if collectively we made this impact? And there's so many people that uh, male, female, you know, some have come from 
first generation immigrants to the country mm. to just some are talking about money, some are talking about health stuff, some are coaching. Yeah. We covered so many areas that I think are critical to, to win today that people will resonate with one or several of, of, of the kind of authors with us. Mm -hmm. Here's a core belief of mine, Brian. I'm going to see if it resonates with you. I believe that failing is integral to success, that we don't learn without failing. Now, based upon that premise, I want to know how have you failed big and what came out of it? Ooh, we'll pick a couple of them that'll be good. And, and I agree. So I heard John Maxwell a year ago actually talk about this is you can't have wins without losses. Mm. They actually go together. Many times we want to separate them. But in a season, you think about a season in your life, you're going to have both. And when you can learn to embrace really the light and the dark, that's who you are. And a lot of people are like, man, I just want to be positive all the time. Or, you know, that, that's just who I'm going to show up. I'm going to be this positive. Like, that's cool. But, you know, God also made you like you have this drive. You do have a dark side that's really like going to engage in battle. Like every day you might be in some battles. Mm -hmm. And so I look at what, what you shared there and think about this way, John, is like, I, I go back to the first time that I didn't make the national team. And, mm -hmm. and I'll never forget, I was 16 years old. I was 15, about to turn 16. It was U17. I made it all the way to camp and I failed. I didn't make it. And mm -hmm. I didn't make it not because I don't think my skill, I believe now looking back, this is kind of be an interesting loop for everybody is my mindset was not of the level of some of the players that got chosen. They were further ahead. They were more mature. They had better work ethic and some things. Like you could just tell they were more mentally mature. And mm. while I may have had the skill set, I didn't have the mindset. And now as I look back, that was really one of those catalysts to push me forward of, well, if that's what I need to learn, how do I go do that? Right? Like, how do I go yeah. learn the mindset? Well, I was fortunate. My dad being a psychologist went down the sports psychology route. I learned the power mm. of visualization. And so I tell people, I was like, Things happen for a reason in your life. That failure, that loss, that setback, whatever it is, setting you up for something. If you pay attention and you take action towards it as you go, mm -hmm. right? And so that was the first one in sports. And then in business, I remember several years ago, I was working for a company. I'll never forget. And again, this was very interesting for me to pay attention to this. Is I was ended up, I got fired and I got let go from a company, not because of my performance. I was actually one of the top producers, mm -hmm. but there were things about the company and how we didn't align up. And I was trying to mm. fit in organization. Truthfully, I had some areas I fit in, but their vision of where they wanted to go and how I fit, we didn't align. Mm. Sometimes in life, why I share that one, people, is you're trying to fit in a place that people tolerate you. They don't <laughs> celebrate your uniqueness. They don't celebrate what you bring to the table. And my encouragement to you would be, man, when I found that in the last several years going through where I've been celebrated, I'm part of teams that I know I fit, I'm adding value, I see the results. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. just excited about being there because I'm not worried about their judging of me or, and, and I just, I don't feel like I'm an outsider in that. Right. And I always felt like I, maybe I don't fit in that room with those people. That just wasn't for me. It doesn't mean they're a bad company. It doesn't mean they're bad people. Yeah. They made some bad choices. And I share that with people because you might be in a season in your life where you're like, Man, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And all those things, mm -hmm. all those are preparing you for, you start to understand yourself and do the inside work. You have clarity about who you are what your uniqueness is and how do you bring that to the world? And I realized I am one resilient dude. Like you can knock me down, you can do all kinds of stuff to me, but what I have over time, over and over and over is I get back up. Whether it was tearing my ACL my freshman year of college, to tearing it again, my other leg, um, mm. kind of like decided, well, let's not keep playing anymore. Yeah. Um, there are things like that, tearing my bicep last year, right? I just, I just have this mentality of, okay, that's what happened. Now, what are we gonna do? Mm -hmm. That resiliency muscle can be built by everybody. And so that would be 
what I would share with you is, man, if I didn't have those, I would not be the Brian. I wouldn't have the confidence I have. I wouldn't be clear about who I am and where I fit in the world. And, mm. and that's, that's what we all, we're on that journey together. Love that. Love that. You know, there's a, a phrase that I like to use often because I believe it to be true. Pain, first of all, is a great clarifier. If you listen, it can do that. But to me, pain leads to purpose, which leads to platform. And for the most part, in that order. And the, the biggest pain that happened in my life was my divorce. As we were talking earlier about the pictures behind me of me with my kids. Well, you know, my ex-wife is not in that picture. Uh, we've been divorced for almost 13 years now. And as much as I despise divorce, and I do, actually was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it got me to a place where I realized I was really screwing up every relationship I had. And the other stuff wasn't doing it to get my attention. My attention was focused now. It's like, what do I need to do now so that I don't do that anymore? So that I don't end up on the train and there's a bridge, but because of my bad choices, I eroded the bridge and I went crashing down into the ravine. So pain, purpose, platform. And one of the platforms I have is this one now, something I never thought I would do. And now I've been doing it almost three years. Cool is that? That's, that's usually where it's birthed out of. One of my mentors always tell us, pain is just feedback along the way. It's just an indicator mm. of, of where you are. And it's giving you feedback of, of where you need to make adjustments. And listening to that pain and then making adjustments is mm -hmm. a sign of maturity. And that's, that's how we yeah. move through life. Sure. Talk to us a little bit about your faith and what role that plays in your business. I mean, it's everything. I, I grew up. You know, as I was sharing earlier, my dad was a pastor. I didn't get saved until 18. And I remember being in church. I had people around me and all that stuff. It didn't really become real. And I tell you, that relationship piece with Jesus is one of those, like, like you, you can have head knowledge, but you don't have heart knowledge and you don't have that. And I could tell, like, when I was saved, like, the change in who I was. Like, I had somewhat of a troubled past of uh, gotten involved with a lot of different things, um, with drugs and different crowds and people that shouldn't have been involved in. When you have clarity of that relationship, it really challenges you to be the best version of yourself. And I think about this as you know, one of my mentors, Ed Milet, talks about when we go to heaven, you know, God, God's going to show you you could have become. Like this, this is what I had planned for you. This is all the dreams I had for you. This is who I designed you to be. And I want to be as close to that dude <laughs> as possible, right? Like yeah. that, that's the one. And so I'm always willing to take risks, willing, willing to go do things. And so my faith has really guided me through and is that anchor in tough times of whether it's a job loss or whether it's sickness or whether it's just anything that's coming my way, I'm grounded knowing, man, like God loves me. He created me for a purpose and a unique design. And the more I learn about that and own that and say, okay, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? Like, I'm just, I'm just a dude like out here trying to do the best I can do. How can I be intentional? How, how can I further the kingdom there? And what I found is the more that I stepped out in my faith and started sharing it, I would connect up with people. And the amount of people, I'll tell you, John, that are more, I'll call them in the influencer space and some people that are on social doing things, mm -hmm. the amount of people that now collectively that some of us are sharing our faith more are being able to reach, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. And, and I go, okay, maybe that's what all this is because without the results and without the walk matching what we talk about, people won't believe, they don't believe yeah. that there's a better way in life. And so I think that's what we're called to do is just love God and love people. It's, it's funny that you say that because um, occasionally I will ask people, you know, when it comes to the end of your life and if you were able to look back on your 
headstone? What would it say? And I've had people ask me that question. And what you just said is what I hope will be on mine is that he loved God and he loved people because that is the entirety of the gospel in those two short sentences. If you can do those two things, man, everything else in life is a breeze, everything. And of course, both of those are relationship or at least relationship based. So, yes. All right. Let's talk for a little bit because this podcast is about relationships, not just revenue. Um, because it's my belief that when you, when you've got things going, your most significant relationships for most of us, those are our home relationships. When those are going well, those definitely have an impact on your business. Now, the opposite of that is also true. If things are not going well at home, they invariably have an impact on our businesses. So my question to you is, what are you doing right now to build into, to improve, to make better your most significant relationships? And what impact do those relationships have on your business? I'll, I'll share something this week. I think it was Craig Rochelle that I was listening to. And it kind of hit me of when we go through our days, you know, kind of mapped out what those days were. We talked about recognizing patterns. You'll see how this all kind of flows in together too, because it's a thought process. It's a mindset is there'll be seasons in your life. And I don't think every day is created to be the exact same, right? Like we don't wake up, it's right. not the Truman Show. Every day doesn't look exactly <laughs> right. the same. Right. And so I think being aware of patterns, like when are you not giving your spouse or your kids enough? When are mm. you not investing enough there? And I can't tell you how many times lately that I've said no to things, like speaking engagements, mm. going on trips, um, going and doing things that probably my, my instinct was, man, I'd, I want to go do that. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, where do I need to, where, 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 is, where are my commitments? What are my priorities? And too many times, you know, I saw my own life and other people, they would say their priorities were their family, but their decisions didn't match that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, how many times do you see, you know, sports, I'll just use that as like, I want to be successful in business so that I can go at any point, just say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go work from here or not work for a few days. I'm going to watch my kids and play, or I'm going to leave work early. Like you talked about earlier, leaving at three o'clock or. I'm going to go up to my kid's school. My son asked me this morning, hey, dad, can you come to lunch this week? We started looking at the schedules. Like, yeah, I can move some stuff around Friday. I'll be up there. Like that, that to me is recognizing a pattern and then going and taking action behind it. Mm -hmm. And what Craig was sharing in this is you can tell what you choose and that's going to tell you what your real priorities are. So if you're struggling yeah. with that, you need to write down those priorities. And when you have a decision to make between this or that, the mm -hmm. default is very simply, what are my priorities? Yeah. And too many of us let our emotions guide us versus our, our, our standards that we've set. And so I would tell you, when you choose standards over your feelings, life becomes easy. And guess what? Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to a ton of other things. That's true. As, as a uh, recovering people pleaser, let's just call it that. <laughs> love to make people happy. I love to say yes. I love to invest. I just love being around people, right? Mm -hmm. Well, every time you say yes to someone, you're saying no to other things or people. Mm -hmm. so when you get comfortable with that, you're gonna be fine. You can only say yes to the things that are really priorities. When you start to align that, it actually becomes fun because then people, I'll tell you even last week, John, I had somebody, I told them, I said, hey, I've got to leave this event early. I got an earlier flight because I want to get home. My daughter's got, you know, tournament this weekend, all of that. Like, you really do live it. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, I don't get it right all the time, but when I can, <laughs> and, and I, I, I do aim for that. That is, that is my trajectory. I'm not perfect by any stretch. Mm -hmm. But that is where I'm aiming. That is my true north. And so that's, that's how life is done. I love that. Who's investing in you right now? Oh, man, a lot of people. So um, this is probably the biggest thing I learned was proximity is power, right? Mm. And, and 
who you're around is going to shape you. And so the people that are investing in me outside of our, our company, right, at Revolution, I've got several key stakeholders. One this morning, Ben Newman's one that I say, and that guy's in my corner, right? Mm -hmm. And I've got another group of six men. It's very much a faith-based text that we go through. And they're everything from health people to speakers um, to they've sold our companies, all these. These guys are on a little small text thread. And last week, I was at a mastermind of people that are there. They're all investing in me, right? My wife's mm -hmm. investing. She, she's my number yeah. one supporter and also my number one like accountability in the sense of she knows when I'm drifting off in this. And, and I would say even my kids are investing in me, right? Because they're making me a better person all the time. So there's a lot of people investing in me and over the years, mentors and coaches that I have spent a lot of money invested, as I should say, mm -hmm. in being around the right people and, and saying, help me. Here's where I want to go. Yeah. I think you can help me get there. And that, that has been a, an accelerator beyond belief. How open have you found these people to being, uh, to helping you when you've requested that, when you reach out for that kind of help? Almost every time, at least an initial conversation, okay. right? I'll give you an example. Last week, I met someone last week and I'd met their partner in their company a few days before in Sarasota and I'm outside and they had spoke and, and they had a wonderful message about leadership and team building and all this. And I just went outside and I said, man, that really connected with me. I love your story. I love what you shared there. And we're already on a Zoom call this week, right? We're already texting back and forth. Huh? I think about some of us are just afraid to ask people. Well, yeah. they know things that I don't know. And also on the flip hmm. side of that, I also recognized, look, they're getting married. They don't have kids yet. There's some value I can add. Like they yeah. may be more successful in these areas. But what do I have? Well, I've been married for 20 years. I got three kids. They haven't done that yet. Yeah. I'm going, man, how cool would that be? So I'm, I think like attracts like. And until you become the best version of yourself, you're attracting lesser versions. You're, you're, it's called the force of average is what we call it in our mm. group. And so when you, when you play at an average level, you allow yourself to be average. Don't be surprised that you have average people around you. You level up and become your best. Watch how people show up in your life. Mm. And that's where I've started to show up. And look, the podcast was one of the best things I could have done. I started inviting people on that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Man, I want to know them. And that yeah. was one vehicle for me. And then going on like this and being a guest, you never know. Yeah. One connection, one person away from a massive breakthrough in your life. There's someone you need in your life that needs mm -hmm. you. Again, that's how life is done. Absolutely. It may be hard to narrow it down, but who would you say is your greatest one? Um, probably with my dad. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, and my mom is right. That it's like one of those, it's unique relationship, right? Because uh, yeah. they both gave different things and, and together is what, I think that's why God created the unity of them and like the parents of their, right. but man, my dad's been with me through like when, before I, I was really anything on the success level or had any money, like just as a kid, right? Like changing my diapers. like that kind of, <laughs> And then the one that always encouraged and always pushed me mm -hmm. to be my best and still in my corner, like even this morning, just dropping me a text in the morning, right? And stuff mm -hmm. like that. I go, man, I, if I didn't have that, I'm, I'm not the Brian that I am today. Okay. What would you say are the best and worst parts of your job? Oh, the best is I meet really cool people. Mm -hmm. I get to change people's lives. Like I can see when they join and empowering them with the belief and understanding where they want to go is helping them achieve that. Like financial services, I tell people mortgage, real estate, you know, investing, all that. You can change people's lives, which then as a byproduct, you go support any of the charities, churches, the organizations that you have a passion around. That to me is like you can see impact and change. And I love that financial literacy because many of us didn't grow up with that, right? I didn't grow up understanding really how to do a budget or how to buy a home or any of that. So I would say that's it. Um, the worst parts are people sometimes that just, they, 
they don't realize their potential mm. and, and, and they play at this force of average level that we talk about. They play mediocre people that don't come and put in their best effort. Frustrate me being, being one of those, <laughs> it, it, they just do, um, people that don't do what they say they're going to do right. As you yeah. go through. And then I think part of what we do in mortgage and real estate is there's things you control. There's things you don't control, right? Like I don't control yeah. the rates. I don't control how many homes are sold. I don't control really the mortgage programs that are out there. I have access to them and all that. But once you realize what you do control and you don't, clarity is, okay, how do I go make massive impact in what I do? Gotcha. What does a great leader look like to you? Man, that's, um, that's evolved for me. What, what, what I look at today is one, leading by example to me, I put at the top. Like leaders mm -hmm. that are not congruent or aligned with a message, say one thing and do another, doesn't, doesn't resonate. The leader that can be that person that walks the walk. They care about people, like truly care, not about their results, but about human being. And, you know, Gary Vee and some others talk about empathy in, in kind of this 21st century kind of deal. Like, and you really care about your people. You slow down to get to know them. You understand mm -hmm. who they are, motivates. I think great leaders are able to do that. And really at the end of the day, a great leader is someone that sees your potential. They're committed to help you get there. And they're going to help you accelerate that and do things beyond what you ever thought possible, bringing out mm -hmm. your personal best, both, by the way, both at home and in the office. No more can we go, man, that's just who I am at the office. So that's just who I am there. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Those days are long gone. And so I want, in my own journey of becoming a great leader, is I want to impact people beyond just their success and numbers and metrics, but have yeah. them be great contributors in the world and, and to go out and make massive impact. I love how you said that, Brian, because I would say that I am a student of leadership and it's, it's something I study all the time. And I'm always looking for new insights, new ways to do things, not necessarily that I will use them, but just to learn from them. And who knows, it may be something I can pass on to somebody else. And one of the things that has hit home with me the most is it seems to be a trend. I hope it's trending this way. And that is that leaders are beginning to realize that, yes, there is a bottom line to everything. No matter what kind of relationship it is, there is a bottom line. But the bottom line doesn't mean anything if you're not building into the other person, if you're not building them up, helping them become better. Because to me, great leaders produce great leaders. So if you see somebody who looks like a great leader, but there's no fruit from that, there aren't other leaders coming out of that. That's somebody who likes the spotlight. I mean, to me. 100%. We had it happen last year. I had four people get promoted outside of our organization because the way it was set up and part of why I made the move to a, a different organization was there was nowhere for them to go, right? Because just the structural hierarchy oh. and the way that was set up. You mm -hmm. had four people get promoted. I heard some people coming to me, John, and they're like, man, that must be so difficult and this, that, and the other. I go, my job when I signed up to be a leader was to help them achieve their dreams and become better leaders. Yeah. They can't do it here. That's on us. Yeah. The fact that they get to go do that, that's cool. And I am rooting for them. I am cheering them. And you could tell it was this dichotomy of people like, well, that's so bad, man. I mean, you know, they <laughs> left and blah, I go, no, that's great. Yeah. Leaders that create other leaders that create other leaders. We, we talk about this oftentimes with those people that I coach and work with is that's the generational impact, right? Like you can't mm -hmm. just create other leaders. You need to create other leaders that are creating other leaders. And it continues to trickle through. That's how you create organizations that are healthy and vibrant and people are attracted mm -hmm. to. So like, dude, I want to be around those people. Mm -hmm. They're all becoming better leaders in and out of the office and everything. They, that's oh, what yeah. we're attracted to. For sure.
I think you probably told us already, but I'm going to ask anyway, what would you consider your number one go-to daily habit? You know, the, the anchor for me has always been the, the workouts. And I'll just tell you why. Okay. And for me, it doesn't have to be that stressful of a workout, better when it is. But I like to have a challenge in my day. And almost it's this weird way of like those workouts that are where you almost want to quit. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're like, but I didn't, you know, and that pushes me through. I know a body in motion is hard to stop. And also through that, I do think that's honoring the, the gifts and what God has given us is I'm able to go mm -hmm. work out, right? Like tearing my bicep, I realized, man, there's all these things I can't do. I was so grateful for when I could do them again. I never take yeah. that for granted of that. That's how we were created. And I think that's showing up as an example. And I realized in that class, there's going to be people I can encourage. There's people that I can show up and be an example for them. Mm -hmm. It's showing other people what it looks like to be a winner. It's showing my kids that dad doesn't just talk about these things. Like he goes and does it. So I'd say that's probably yeah. the number one habit that stems from it. There's other things I do. When I look back to my best days and the days that I was the most productive, most happy, like all those things were just in motion and better dad, better husband, all that stuff. I eat better, mm -hmm. all that. I'm a better leader, better in conversations. It's typically a common denominator of, of having that workout in. Gotcha. Yeah, I can, I can tell you that I have a personal commitment of working out a minimum of four times a week. And every time I do, without exception, it's all the stuff that's been weighing me down goes away because I'm not focused on those things. I'm focused in the moment on what I'm trying to do. And that's when I get my best ideas. They just, they come to me. And I, what I've started doing, it took a while for me to figure out to do this. You wouldn't think it would have, but it did. I actually started bringing a small little notebook with me so I could start writing them down. Because if I don't, man, they're gone. Yeah. They are just, I, I don't know if that happens to you, but man, I have great ideas. And if I don't write them, they are gone. <laughs> I do it when I run. And so I use the voice memo. Here's a little hack yep. for people. And okay. so I'll voice memo myself, either send the entire audible, or you can, if you have notes, you can audibly have it write your stuff out. And so mm -hmm. I started doing that because you're right. I'll be on a run and I'm like, that was brilliant. Like, thank you, God. You gave me this idea out of nowhere. If I keep running for five minutes, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. What a cool, what exactly. A cool, I think that's why it's designed. Like I, the same thing when I was walking, like right? just being outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's something we were creating. For sure. Now, what do you have coming up that has you excited? Well, we have their first leadership meeting with the, the new organization at Revolution at the end of the month. Nice. And we've got new leaders that have come on board and everybody being together. I'm excited. I'm one of the speakers, but what we're going to get to deliver, community, I'm excited about that because bringing mm -hmm. everybody together, the sharing, the learning, the growing, all those things to position our team to win more, that, that to me is super exciting. And then we've got, this year is the year of travel with our family. And so mm. we've booked spring break. I'm going snowboarding with our oldest son and Houston with my daughter, uh, San Diego with her. Yeah, so a lot of travel this year. I'm excited about that. I find when I travel, seeing the world, I get to connect with cool people when I'm there, being mm -hmm. with our family, our kids. You know, I know my wife likes to travel, do that. So I'm excited about th those are the things right now that are happening. Very cool. How can folks connect with you? Ooh, we just revamped the website. So it's nice. briancovey.com. Super, super mm -hmm. simple there. Go check it out. It's got everything from the book, the podcast, some blogs, some things that we've done, some resources for you to sign up. We actually give away a free chapter in the book that mm -hmm. will email you and you can get to check that out. That was actually with David Meltzer. If you know Dave, a um, yeah. phenomenal chapter. Um, and we send that out to people. Just look, we're trying to inspire and, and help folks. So if you go in there, uh, drop us a comment. I'm on Instagram quite a bit, LinkedIn, Facebook. I would love to hear if this has made an impact or something resonated. 
I do read them all. I respond as much as I can. Highly engaged. Yes, he does. Platforms. Yeah. And that's how we connect. Again, that's, I think that's how we were made and that's how we can be human beings, not just hanging out on the mm -hmm. sideline. We get in the game. You know, and that's, and that's something that I wanted to, first of all, thank you for Brian and tell you that is, it was meaningful to me that I knew that you were the one who responded to what I sent. Um, you probably have experienced this. I know I have multiple times where I've reached out to someone, you know, the catchphrase is to call the person an influencer. And, you know, they have 47 different levels of security in order to get through. And there's, you, you're never going to get through all those gatekeepers. It just doesn't happen. And you never hear from the person ever. And I'm like, you know what? You're not that big a deal. Why are there so many levels to get to you? I, I, I don't understand that. And so I tell people all the time, it's like, if you reach out to me, I'm the one who responds to you always. It will be me because I think that's important. Again, going back to the whole relationship side of thing, it is about relationships to me. That is what life is all about. It is about relationships. It starts primarily for me with God and apparently with you as well. And then it travels out there because how my relationship with God goes is how it goes with everybody else. And the reverse happens to a certain extent. So true. Yeah, that's, that's been a cool journey. I was a lot of times you just don't need more people. You just need to have deeper connections and relationships with the people that you already have in your life. Excellent. Amazing point. how that works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're coming up to wrap up time. We do a final four. There are four quick questions. Just tell me the cool. first thing that pops in your head. And I, I will preface it by saying the first one's usually the most difficult one, but I suspect for you, maybe not so much. Okay. So here we go. Number one, why did God create Brian? To show other people what's possible and to be a great dad. Mm, love that. Number two, what are you doing? reading or listening to right now that's helping you grow i just got the david goggins book never finished just cracked that baby open um so that is huge and i'm going back through the dichotomy of leadership jocko willink and leif babin they wrote extreme ownership a lot of people know that one mm -hmm. and and i've cracked those open recently and very different books for different reasons mm -hmm. okay number three what do you do for fun outside of workout go to my kids sports and soccer we were going snowboarding next month with our oldest mm. son. I abs absolutely love it. Love music. Um, date night with my wife. That's, mm. that's the fun. Love that. Love that, man. And I, I can't encourage you enough to keep doing that because that's, yeah. that's the thing that, that kills most marriages yeah. is people not continuing to date. You got to do it, man. And, and your job as a husband, not that I'm going to tell you something you don't already know. Your job is to be an expert on her. No one should know her better than you. Not even her best girlfriend. You should know her better than everybody else, which I'm sure you do. Truth. Truth. <laughs> oh, tr we could. Enneagram eight, wing seven, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What are you most grateful for? I mean, I would say um, my family. And you know, I was thinking about this too. This extends out like my parents this week. We're going through some things, uh, just catching up with them and all. Just to have my family around the supportiveness and, and those those really just to be a dad and a spouse and some of that stuff today. I'm grateful for that, man. I just be alive, be on the earth and some really amazing people that have come into my life. Lately. Very cool. Any books that you recommend on a regular basis? Cool. I mean, obviously um, a lot of people get the names confused, but Stephen Covey stuff, man, I would tell you like seven <laughs> habits and all that. Like those were core books that 20 years ago were incredible and they're still incredible today. I mm. love some Maxwell. I got to meet John Maxwell last year. Mm. It's almost been exactly a year. And that really transformed, like reading his stuff, listening to him. And when I met him and I got about 15 minutes with him, it was wow. And so 
anybody that's listening for leadership and those kind of things, some of Maxwell's, I mean, grab any of them, right? But um, that, yeah. that transformed me as, I, as, as I've, I've gone through. Okay, excellent. Well, listen, Brian, really want to thank you for your time today. Uh, I know that is the most precious gift that you could give us because it's something you will never get back. And so I'm honored that you took some of your most precious resource and invested it in me and into the audience. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. And anybody that's still listening with us, take something that you learned today, you heard. And if you have an urge, you had a little pulling, you know what that feeling is, go take action. Yeah. Distance between knowing and doing is going to be how successful you are. So go take action. That, that'll be the gift back to you. Love that. Well, again, thank you, Brian, for being here. And thank you all for tuning in today. The investment of your time, I think, is going to pay off definitely go back and listen to this one again and have that pen and paper ready to go to write notes down. And I promise it'll make a difference in your life. So thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.